What's up everybody, Wes Knipe here without Typical Lydia. She is off doing whatever it is Typical Lydia does when I'm not around, I dare not even ask. Um, this is just to let you guys know that the audio in this episode is not exactly where I'd like it to be. I'm not exactly sure what happened, some kind of a technical issue, but our levels are in the fucking toilet and there's really not much I could do about it without really making the podcast sound terrible so apologies again for that. Um, In more positive news, I'd just like to thank everyone that's been suggesting horror movies for us to review, for asking us questions, all that good stuff, Um, and just keep it coming. Every episode, uh, we will answer your questions, and we'll talk about movies that you want us to review. Sometimes it'll take a little while, for us to get to that. I think um, one of the episodes that we got coming up, I think uh, episode 14 is going to be our first official listener request podcast. So that'll be coming up soon. In the meantime, just uh, sit back, have a listen, and enjoy this episode of the Dead Air Podcast. You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? It's Wes Deadair Knife here with always. Typical Lydia. Today we're going to be doing Bay of Blood for our 13th episode. Happy Friday the 13th again. I know. This is one of those years where there's another one even coming in September. Last Friday the 13th, all I did was really post up a little bonus clip. But for this, I thought that it would be fun if we talked... Or I thought it'd be fun if we just did a 13th episode about something Friday the 13th related. That but, isn't Friday the 13th at all. Well, no, it's not Friday the 13th at all. But there is method to my madness. So, um, Bay of Blood came out in 1971. And it's one of those films. It's a Mario Baba film. And anyone who knows horror is probably familiar with some of his work, uh, Black Sunday and Black Sabbath and Black Bay of Blood. <laughs> Twitch of the Death Nerve. Twitch, Twitch of the Death Nerve. Yeah. Uh, it's it's also known as Twitch of the Death Nerve, Bay of Blood, either or, tomato, tomato. Um, so the film came out in 1971. Most in the slasher genre which Friday the 13th is obviously a huge contributor of. In the slasher genre, generally speaking, the movies that are most attributed with creating it are movies like Black Christmas. That's sort of the first one that had all of the elements combined that we would associate with the subgenre of horror. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, while not a slasher per se does have iconic characters, which would have been the breeding ground of that. Um, going back to Black Christmas, though, uh, that 
a convoluted history of a sequel to Black Christmas taking place on Halloween, this idea adopted by other people, um, and Halloween came from that. Um, everyone's influenced by everybody else is what I'm saying, and that is even truer now because Twitch of the Death Nerve, or Bay of Blood, however you want to call it, contains within it many, many tropes that are very familiar if you know anything about the Friday the 13th franchise. You've got naked girls running, you've got secluded atmosphere, you've got, not cabins, but secluded, uh, not wood woodland, but wooded areas, mm-hmm. and houses and docks and all these elements in the lake water, of course, that are really familiar to Camp Crystal Lake. And... Subjective camera angles, watching... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the killers watching people. The arrangement and movement of bodies. Yeah, the arrangement and movement of bodies. That is definitely there. That's, like, the best part. And you also have the red herrings. And it's not that the red herrings are always red herrings in this film, because there are multiple killers. It's not just the one killer. But there is, even though we as a viewer know that there is one killer and one stalker or slasher killer in these other slasher films. In this one, it does leave the question of who is actually doing the killing. Even though you see lots of different people doing killing, mm-hmm. um, there are other deaths that aren't attributed to anybody. Which, again, going back to Friday the 13th, in the first one, it is uh, who. It is a mystery. It's a bit of a whodunit, yeah. yeah it who, definitely is. Uh, not as much as this film. Bay of Blood is very much a gory soap opera. Yeah. Or a, or a very gory Twin Peaks. Very Twin Peaks and very soap opera. I mean, you still see elements of all this these filmmaking styles and storytelling styles today to maintain suspense. Absolutely. Almost... The, 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 the one thing, uh, this film has a, somewhat of a reputation of being extremely gory. One of Baba's most gory films. Um... Shocking for the time for nineteen. Oh, especially the full decapitation. Full decapitation. It does... Oh, spoiler alert! Yeah. Well, what are you drinking, Wes? What are you drinking? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, the full decapitation. That was a fairly brilliant and fairly gory scene. Even though it was super, super fast, mm-hmm. um, there were a few other pretty gory scenes. Mm, they, the they, they, they hatchet they... through the face. The hatchet through the face. Again, we've seen that in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Spear through. Spear through the lovers. Spear. Let's through call the them lovers. lovers. Let's be polite and lovers. call them lovers. Um, yeah. People fucking. Yeah. Got a spear through them. Which is my absolute favorite, and I think it is almost shot for shot in some parts. And I'd like to watch it over again just to make double sure, because I believe yeah. that's from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Part Two. It is. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same scene. Although I will say that. Because it was 1971, and this was a film shot in Italy, mm-hmm. they actually spend more time on that death than they do in Friday the 13th. The thing about the Friday the 13th movies is, because of censorship, a lot of the kills are very quick. You don't spend a lot of time there. In Bay of Blood, it's... You know, the actors have time to writhe on yeah. in pain, writhe on the floor. Um, Is that where they get the twitch of the death nerve? Because yeah, I'm not I, really I sure. 
I, I can understand having different titles here and there. Whatever it would translate as, does that mean something different in the psyche of the language that it's originally intended? Well, they're not. They're not twitching. <laughs> they're, not, they're not twitching. And where is this death nerve? I would like to know. Well, I think Sorry. the idea is. Well, I don't think that they're twitching. <laughs> so hilarious. So much, like I don't want people to think that like they're convulsing. No, but I do have to give a little background because every time anyone would flail or convulse, which happened a lot in this film, very regularly, I would make jokes of the original title because I had to. I couldn't not. I was holding out for the twitch of the death nerve. I think that would, would that not be, would that not pertain to any death where you're twitching? Because your nerves are just, like, your brain... Perhaps, but then you can draw things out. I mean, you're you're hanging a paralyzed woman, and she's beyond twitching. She is writhing, because hanging is a horrible way to go. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have full control of your body to at least hoist yourself up or stabilize yourself in any way, shape, or form, it's going to be a a twitchy, horrible, Mm anguish-ridden death. Like, Mm -hmm. it was horrible, and it went on a very long time. So... Of course, I made a whole bunch of jokes about the twitching of the death nerve. Because you're sensitive like that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, look at this crippled woman <laughs> hanging to her death. Ha, ha, ha. That's not exactly how it went. We know it. Not true. But well, there was a lot of twitching. Not her death only. The mm-hmm. All the other deaths. There's, there's even uh, full-on um, eye-blinking in a, a face that's cut in half. So there's yeah. more death nerve twitching, I suppose. Some of those shots, I really felt that they could have benefited from getting out a lot quicker than they did. Is it because we're used to these quicker kills where someone's, you know, boom, dead, dead as a doornail? Well, yeah, maybe that has something to do with it. But honestly, to me, it was just the fact that most of the time the actors didn't really seem dead they didn't act convincingly dead enough for me. And they didn't act convincingly scared right before they got dead. So. It was interesting because when they would start discovering bodies, again, people discover bodies that have been arranged. Mm-hmm. Very Friday the 13th. And, and my, I guess I'm trained to see people see that, get immediately terrified and bolt out the door and go anywhere or at least swear swear um in this case they there's a lot of like hand to mouse leaning against walls um <laughs> retching little tiny quiet demure what retching at that these retch a little bit like oh <laughs> it's true they retch well there's that scene there's a few of them where that they retch. discover the body in the boat with an octopus eating its face. That's her father. That's her father. And I honestly feel as though she's not upset enough. I mean, they kind of explain why later. Mm-hmm. Well, at the very least, they explain why they don't immediately call the police. That, yes, that is explained by the way that what they're doing, what their grand scheme is. But she does react to the her father's dead body like it's a loaf of moldy bread. I've reacted worse over things I found in the fridge. <laughs> Haven't you? 
Yeah, seriously. No, really. I'm sure that many people have reacted worse than she did to her father's dead body with with an octopus squirming around on it. Yeah. It was pretty graphic. Those those octo, octopi octopi plural. Those those octopi play. Well, there's there's a few scenes with with octopi in them. Well, I like I wouldn't count like the one where he throws it back into the lake or the ocean, which they keep calling it the ocean, but it's just the bay. Yeah. Um, that's not that's kind of hilarious. But the openings, the first scene involving an octopus, where he's gnawing on it. Yeah. What the hell? It took me a second to realize what the fuck he was even doing. Yeah. I, I, I was like, what <laughs> is that? I'm like, oh, it's an octopus. Like, why did he bite it? <laughs> so savagely. I know. Yeah, like a starved dog. Just. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, I thought we were in a zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird. And I don't know. And he's not like the feral type. Really? Not really. He's a fisherman and all, but he's not like an. Um, he's not a bad guy. So not really. Not, not really. Certainly not any more than anyone else is. In this yeah. Area. This place is a fucking freak show. It gets to the point, to me, where so much death is happening so close together by so many different characters. That it becomes comical, because I mean the movie sets you up with a, a with a murder, and then a murder on top of that murder. Yeah. And 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 so it's again, it's not like there's one killer. There's no fucking Jason Voorhees wandering the woods. It's it's tons of different people all killing other people for their own motivations. Mostly, it's real estate. It's, it is real estate, and it's almost to the point where any moment, any two people alone, one of them is going to definitely turn on the other and be like, ha ha, I'm going to stab you in the neck. I know, yeah. and the thing that I guess my point is that I had wished that some of that action was more evenly distributed throughout the film. Or a little more focused. There are long fucking scenes at the start of this movie even the opening shot it's a woman in a wheelchair wheeling as slow as can be <laughs> i thought they just needed like a uh, to make it or to cement it even further they could just have like a squeaky wheel like <laughs> and she to remind you how long she just rolled is, up to the window is rolling to the window looks out the window and then rolls away, looks at herself in the mirror. There's no dialogue. The music is very melodic. And I'm kind of tired anyways. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can't. I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> like the first two minutes of this fucking movie. And it's like it's trying to hypnotize me. Oh, yeah. The Coles notes for the first like five minutes is Lady is Old. Lady is old and alone and <laughs> yeah. sad. <laughs> and and that's not the only scene that's like that. You could say that it's building uh, Oh no, tension. my favorite, my absolute favorite big long scene oh that builds no tension really is just I am a naked woman in a lake and I love it. 
Right? I love it. I love it. I'm going to just like wiggle my head and my shoulders and be like, mm, I love being in the lake Old and naked lady. <laughs> you know, it goes on quite some time. It doesn't build suspense. Like the the woman in the wheelchair doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily build suspense, but it does build a bit of a story right away. It does take yes. a long time to say nothing. That's all. Yes. It's just a lot of waste of time. Lady in a lake, though, it's just like, I'm a naked chick in a lake, and I'm loving it. And those characters may as well not even happen. So what what ends up going on? And the, and honestly, it was like Friday the 13th. Um, the, like, a, 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 like, what is it, like a jeep? A jeep? Yeah, <laughs> random kids. Of random teenagers show up. It's two couples. They're just having a good time. They stop at this bay... And they just get out and invade private property. They break into someone's house. Like, somebody, yeah. the woman who was murdered at the beginning of the film, they break into her house and they're just hanging out, dancing, laughing, trying to have sex with each other. Swimming naked. Swimming naked. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is what the fuck were they doing there? Why were they driving there? Were they just out for a drive and they're and they're like, hey, private property. Yep, this looks good. I don't know because I don't know if that's one of those things that we'd missed or... Do you remember when we were watching Tombs of the Blind Dead mm-hmm. and one of the things that we were focusing on was the fact that that woman jumped off the <laughs> Yeah, she was just like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to go and sleep in the tombs. Yeah. And she had like a bedroll and she was like, screw you. And, and she was just totally done. Yeah. You know, this movie, also from Italy, mm. also around the same time, 70s. Yeah. Do you think that it really is a cultural thing? Oh, completely, because that's the sort of, like, that's the day and age where my mom and dad would get bored all of a sudden, at the same time, look at one another and be like, let's go for a picnic at the racetrack. And it's an abandoned racetrack, so they'd just go and take us kids, and then they'd get bored of that, and then we'd go to this graveyard and clean it up and stuff like that, because there was a family graveyard that they took care of, and not our family, someone else's family. But they would just do that sort of stuff. And if all of a sudden they were like, hey, what's that abandoned house? It wouldn't be outside of my realm of existence for my parents at that time to be like, let's go investigate. Let's grab the picnic basket and that bottle of wine. Like, I don't know. There was a different level of trust back then. There was a different level of fear back then. You didn't worry about going into an abandoned house. And even if you were trespassing, some policemen, if they did ever show up, would just be like, hey, hey, kids, what are you doing in there? And they'd be like, we're trespassing. And they'd be like, well, see you later. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I guess that nowadays they just, we have the internet. So when I'm bored, I don't think about, ah, I'm going to go see if I can break into some private property. I'm just like, what the hell? Was the intro to different strokes? No, but even that, if you wanted to go and have the the abandoned property experience, you could go to abandoned property database websites and find one that is nearby. If you wanted a road trip, you could have that too. But you can just search out these places. You're not going to randomly like look across the field and be like, hey, there's a, an abandoned house, let's go do that. 
But they were also bored teenagers in that motor car sort of zeitgeist that was going on with the General Motors hype and the Ford hype. Everyone wanted to just drive around in a car. You owned a car to drive around. So they owned a car, and they were driving around. You know, that's I do wanna, what they did. I, Sunday I do, drives. I do want to... I'm going to ask uh, my mom or somebody in, in that age group about that. Like, was that really what you were doing with your culture? Like, yeah. and, and not not judgmental. It's just, well, I don't... It's, it's just out, so, just outside of your realm, that's all. Yeah, yeah, it's just so different. I know we're off track, but the point is... Oh, that completely. These random teenagers show up at the bay, this bay of blood, <gasps> mind you. I thought it was a twitch at the death nerve. Well, <laughs> it's both. No, I agree with that bay of the blood title, for sure. Bay of blood def- definitely seems to suit it more, because just the... There's there is a big body count in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty I, much like you said. If you step foot in the bay, you're gonna probably get dead. Oh, absolutely. And at the very least, what I'll give it is that the characters, with the exception of that group of teenagers that gets murked for no reason whatsoever, everyone else has a motivation to kill. Mm-hmm. Some people do get killed because of happenstance. They're a witness, or they live on the bay, and the whole idea is that this property is very desirable, it's valuable, it's owned by one person who died, and then all of these children, illegitimate or otherwise, start coming out of the woodwork to try to get sole possession of it, and as such... A lot of murder, a lot of flashbacks happen. It's so like an old soap opera. Yeah, it really, really is. Because Just... all these characters are doing things, wandering around, killing people, or you find out who the killers are, the various killers are, and and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, why is this guy killing anybody? And then you get a a flashback. Yeah, to real real tidbits of his motivation. Yeah, and 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 you're like, oh, I see. So it very much plays out as a a hyper violent murder mystery, which is why it reminded me of Twin Peaks. Yeah, very Twin Peaks. Yeah, not only the lighting, um, the music, in an exaggerated sense, but the music for sure reminded me of Twin Peaks. Some of the lines reminded me of Twin Peaks. The style of dress was really, really well done, really high fashion for the 70s and not so much relying on the hippie look, except that one girl. One of the, Yeah, one but, of them had kind of a... She, she was wearing yeah. like a poncho or something. Yeah, super, super European, which is great and fitting, and that makes sense, and it was really, really nice. But you sort of see that sort of resurgence in that, in that fashion now, and you saw that sort of throwback at the time in Twin Peaks. I really like the level of intrigue, very Twin Peaks again, in that it convoluted, everyone's woven together like a Triscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, I, I got lost after watching the movie. I didn't quite, I had to go to Wikipedia and reread the plot. Well, like, it doesn't help that no one's names are as clear 
as they are. Now, we do lead one another in filmmaking now on sort of a Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb trail. Yeah. Just so that everyone's clear and no one dislikes a movie because they didn't get it, quote unquote. But... Yeah, I and and they maybe they did say Brunhilde eight hundred times, and I missed it every time because I was just looking at her braless boobs and amazing dress and sexy hair. I don't know. Yeah, no shortage of pretty ladies. I'm sorry, that Brunhilde girl is just adorable, the most adorable thing ever. Otherwise, yeah, everyone's fairly regular, just good-looking regular. But yeah, she's special. Yeah. Real reflection of the time. Yeah. When I'm watching these old horror films from the 70s and I tend to lean on them a lot so especially lately really dig the whole complete package I think it's honestly the way it's shot the fashion the music how the special effects are how red the blood always is I it's just all these things combined together it's just like I really seem to dig this decade in horror it was really good and this had some carryover from the 60s, you know, because it was still early in the 70s. It hadn't gotten, you know, like, in the 60s, they were already pushing the envelopes of violence and sex. But this definitely ups that ante. But it hadn't gotten dirty yet, if that makes any sense. And as the 70s progressed, everything got dirtier. And... I don't want to say grittier because it's not inc- that's not accurate, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that Christian purity, that beach blanket bingo, that my American boyfriend sort of yeah. American dream and cherry pie kind of sheen hadn't completely rubbed off yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, and that's what they were aspiring to, I think, even overseas. Oh, for yeah. sure. But. It also helps that I didn't discover a lot of these older Italian horror films until I was much older. I mean, when you're a kid, you're sort of inundated with horror films that are really big or that are right in front of you. When you're a kid. When I was a kid, this was brand spanking new. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, sir. I forgot. Yeah. When you were a kid, when dinosaurs walked to the earth. And <laughs> stomped on the Terra. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. But honestly, honestly, this wasn't that far away. This was four years before I was born. Really? I know. Oh Sickening, my. isn't it? Oh, my God. I know, right? <laughs> There's so many of these horror films that were... Actually, and a lot of them did make their way onto TV for whatever reason. And we watched a lot of French television for absolutely no reason in my household. Only because their filmmaking was 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 amazing. And the storytelling was amazing. And the suspense was... You know, you couldn't have even a romantic comedy without suspense. And some sort of horror element, it seemed, um, in French. But... yeah. Yeah, a lot of these um, older, slower-paced, suspense, very suspenseful horror films were what I grew up with. So Mm. you may have grown up with a whole different feel to your horror films, but oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, by the time I was by the time I was old enough, 
I mean, think about it. Like the the time I was like grown up enough to be watching horror films. Really, I mean, I know I, I mentioned in the previous episode that I had watched Warlock when I was very young. I would have been maybe four at the time, but so young. Yeah. But but I mean, when I was like, I love horror, and I'm watching a lot of horror, and here's all these slasher movies. I mean, fuck, like. Those are subject to the censors that we have nowadays, too. And yeah. they're also um, geared towards particular audiences where films in the 60s and 70s weren't necessarily geared toward um, an audience the way they are today for box office and ratings and yeah. revenue. I, I was trying to think, what was the... Uh, when I was... When I was young... Uh, God, I'm trying to think about a big slasher movie that would have come out when I was like still too young to go to the theater. It would have been Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That was the mm-hmm. first nightmare I ever saw. Hmm. I mean, I knew who Freddy Krueger was, but it would have been... Because that would have been like 90, 91. So, yeah, I was not even 10 years old when that movie came out. Um, and... You know, the Friday the 13th had, had come and gone. Like, I think Jason Goes to Hell would have been around that time, too. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back and watch a bunch of these. Like, Leprechaun. I, I saw Lep in Las Vegas. Oh, my word. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that was the first Leprechaun movie I ever saw. I made one of my friends watch the first two Leprechaun movies not long ago, and it really? was pretty hilarious. They're great. Oh, yeah. I love those Leprechaun movies. Did you ever see, I think it was Leprechaun 5, like Lep in the Hood? Yeah. He, that was the only one he had seen. Lep in the Hood? Yeah, I forget what it was called, but yeah. There's a rap song in the credits. I know. I know. That was the only one he'd seen, and I was like, well, seriously? So we had to watch... To the be fair, two. those movies didn't get any more or less ridiculous. Like, those movies were always ridiculous. Oh, yeah, totally. They started out that way. It wasn't like a franchise that had been put out to pasture by the fifth episode. Or yeah. fifth series, fifth serial, fifth part, or whatever. Um, no, it started out that lame. <laughs> Definitely. It started out that lame. It started with the one-liners. It started out that hokey... Yeah. Well, you you couldn't not have it hokey, but I honestly I love the I love the first Driller two. Killer. Sorry, you love the first the first couple. What about Driller Killer? What, what was <laughs> nineteen seventy nine? I think that was the one film that my parents were talking about that I couldn't see and wasn't allowed to see. Okay, yeah. I have Driller Killer. No, oh, really? I do. I watched Driller Killer years later with my mom. And it was, I felt sort of like, is this what, why were they so worried about me watching this? I don't get it, but. My, uh, my parents were like that with Ghost in the Machine. You remember that stupid movie? Mm-hmm. For some reason. <laughs> mind you, I had already seen horror films. Yeah. But for some reason, I have a distinct memory of my father letting me watch Ghost in the Machine, but... Any time that there was a kill, I had to turn my head. I wasn't allowed to watch the kills in Ghost in the Machine. Why? I don't get that. They're not even that violent. It's no. funny because years later, it was on TV, 
and I, and, and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Ghost in the Yeah, Machine. I'm going to duct tape my head straight to the TV. And I'm going to fucking watch all these motherfucking kills that I wasn't yeah. apparently allowed to watch when I was... I didn't even feel like I was that young. I had already seen slasher films. Yeah. I had already seen tons of violent movies, great horror films, but the shitty Ghost in the Machine I apparently could not watch. I can understand why my parents didn't want me to watch Driller Killer, and I was awfully young at the time. Yeah, Driller like, Killer's young. fucked up. I'm not, yeah. like, I'm, I'm not quarreling with Driller but Killer. But why, why did parents pick particular things? I was, I was allowed to watch The Entity, but not Driller Killer. I don't know. Like Maybe it's the audacity of a movie called Driller Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be part of it. I wonder why Ghost in the Machine, though, does it, to single out horror movies. I don't know. Anyways, uh, all that to say is that some of these older horror films really, I really find appealing because of the fact that it wasn't in front of my face as a kid. The things that were in front of my face were still coming off of that Reagan era of horror where most horror icons were supernatural, comic booky. Very comic booky. Yeah, big on one-liners, a lot of bright colors, and a lot yeah. of really quick kills. Even by the time uh, Hellraiser, the Hellraiser movies that I would have seen, the the first one would have been probably three. Even by then, Pinhead had kind of become more jokey. It it, it was starting to lose what you know, you know Cloud Barker's original intentions were for that. Yeah, a lot of its really creepy atmosphere was yeah. disappearing. It's like we we the, because you know you have people looking at this movie. Well I, well, I want this to be more. Well, I want this to be. I want it to be more like Freddy Krueger. I want it to be more like Freddy Ask. It's that makes the money. That's what everyone's talking about. I yeah, want I want it to be, it to be more a little a little more inclusive, a little more yeah. fun, and it's not really a reflection of the Abbott and Costello films. No. But it is sort of speaking to that same sort of thing. Like, let's appeal to this mass audience, and it will be scary enough for the people that want to see a horror film and funny enough for the people that want to see a family film. Yeah. It, I can't oh, believe I just said that. <laughs> it's it just gag word. Well, that's, that's like the whole problem with the Abbott and Costello thing. But um, even, even in the late 90s, where you're getting into where Scream happened, and then because of the success of that, then you had I know what you did last summer and Urban Legend mm-hmm. and and uh, and and then even the iconic horror movies from the eighties that were still getting made. Uh, Jason X comes to mind. You know that was very the people making that movie started off trying to make it as serious as possible for a Friday the Thirteenth movie and the fact that it was going to be a fucking space. <laughs> but but the studio came back and and they're like, I, I, we want this to be more self-referential because it's a horror movie and you need to t- you need to tell the audience that it's a horror movie because it's a horror movie and look at all the things that are in this horror movie and that that's what that's what the audience wants because Scream was really successful and so we want it to be more like that mm-hmm. and so th- that movie falls victim to studio heads wanting it to be more like something else, something else that was successful. We'll just duplicate this process. So looking back into the 70s, you know, when Mario Bava came out with this and it was more graphic and violent 
than anything that he had done mm-hmm. before. It, it, it was it, we were we were edging past not showing violence, and people were shocked by it. And and I dig that shock value. Yeah, pushing the fifties right into the splatterpunk sort of look of filmmaking that yeah. was coming in the early eighties. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it was cool, and for that, I think it's. Like, here's the thing. Would I recommend people watch Bay of Blood? I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting to me historically. It's important in horror because it's influenced a lot. And anyone that anyone who watches Bay of Blood and says that franchises like Friday the Thirteenth or other slashes were not directly influenced by this, oh, completely ridiculous. Yeah, there are shot for shot fucking scenes um oh they rip off a lot of the atmosphere the lighting the way the shadow play is yeah oh yeah, yeah. the the but, suspense and, building techniques and that's not to and that's not to harp on anybody for for a copy i mean like you know without without the ending in in carrie with sissy spacek coming out like spoilers if you haven't seen carrie like <laughs> without that jump scare at the end they never would have duplicated it in the first friday the 13th movie you wouldn't even have Jason Voorhees coming out at the end. That's literally why they did it. They were like, "Well, we want, we we, we want that jump scare. That the same thing that was in Carrie. We kind of want to do something like that." They did the end pieces too, more or less. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my absolute favorite. Uh, yeah. Jump scare ending of returns. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. even know what you would call that, but yeah. Yeah, and then, and then like you know shit like sleepaway camp and all that kind of stuff, but like. Sleepaway Camp is actually my most favorite. I take that back. Sorry, pieces. But Sleepaway Camp does have the most amazing ending yeah. that way. Um, oh, no. I, and I don't think anyone that were to watch it would discount that. And I don't think people that don't watch it are discounting it because they yeah. don't think that it is the fount yeah. of so much uh, slasher genre horror. I think... Once they saw it, they would re- realize where oh, so sure. many of these tropes come from. Yeah. Especially, like you said, shot for shot kills. I, I I specifically like the spear through the copulating people. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's my absolute favorite. Um, the full decapitation, though, th- I think that's really the birth of something there too. Let alone the copious amounts of blood mm-hmm. that are in this film. Um, I think the full decapitation. Uh, would have gotten a lot of attention, let alone the ending. And I, I, th- I think that's another thing that would have made audiences back then really sit back in their seats and be like, oh my God, what the H am I watching? If the de- decapitation didn't either make you leave the theater or make you really question why you were still sitting in it, the ending would have had the exact same effect. Yeah. Um, Not so much now. Now we watch those. We watch decapitation and be like, "Yeah, right on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They look pretty good for the time. And the ending were kind of like crazy. I was confused. I didn't understand what the f was going on. I totally understood what the motivation was, but I maybe 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 I agree with them. Maybe I think that's the best course, considering the type of people that they're surrounded by. Everyone's killing one another for stupid reasons. Really stupid reasons. I like that um, the main woman, Renata, she's really vicious. She's really wants that property and berates her husband for not 
for for kind of pushing back on the murder. If you were with your wife and she, and she was like, eh, "Why'd you murder her? a little murder?" Yeah, and then, and then you're like, "I don't know if I want to murder." And it's like, "You're a fucking pussy. <laughs> you gotta fucking kill people." You know, you call yourself a man. I'll just do everything myself then. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll kill everybody. Whatever. No, no, no. Like super passive aggressive and shit. Um, it's pretty forward thinking. You know, she was certainly not chained to an oven in a kitchen barefoot bearing children. That's for sure. She was too busy, busy plotting murder and pushing people to do it. She was played by uh, Claudine Auger, who did uh, uh, Thunderball, a uh, Bond girl. She was Domino. Cool. Yeah. You can see it. Gorgeous. Oh, absolutely you know, gorgeous. Yeah. Super strong, super great actress. Yeah. Really great voice. Oh, yeah. Really great emotion, good eyes. Yeah. Amazing hair. What more do you need to be a Bond yeah. girl? I think one of the things about that I'm noticing while we're talking about this movie is how little we're really talking about it. I think that when I was watching it, I, I was bored more than anything. Like, at the start, especially. I was really having a hard time paying attention. Now, again, I'm a little fatigued. So. Oh, we're both fatigued. Yeah. I, um, I've also been up for pushing 23 hours here. We, might, we should have gone with Driller Killer. Just something that's that's going to be all splattery in her face. Yeah, we could do Driller Killer another time. But there was, like, the very real reason for choosing this film. There is. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's relevant because it's our 13th episode. It's Friday the 13th, and we didn't want to do the Friday the 13th movies. Well, you know, it, it's hard for me to really talk about that those movies individually. I typically talk about Friday the 13th as a franchise. Um, because, and not because, and for the really, you know what, I do it because I don't, I have a hard time placing which thing happened. Yeah, no, I was movie. just going to say, um... And I don't think that's unique. A lot of people, they all blend together, especially, and I, I think the culprit isn't time or age or any of those things because those movies are so accessible. I think it's the accessibility that's the problem with the blurring of Friday the 13th in, in marathon format. It's one of the first yeah. films that's been shown every single episode or seri- issue. I don't even know what to call the damn things. Every it's single... So part installment okay every single part of friday the 13th has been shown on television year after year after year every friday the 13th every single halloween and i mean even when it rains too much they probably put on friday the 13th yeah so it's not entirely the fault of fans that those would blur if you're gonna own them all in a box set and watch them for the specific purpose of remembering what comes where and some people I know are really, really good at that. I'm unfortunately part of the, meh, I'll just throw on, like, part three again for no reason at all and watch it, like, 18 times in a row. So it does start to blur. I do, for me, I, I, I think the first times that I was ever watching those films, it was two at a time. Every single Friday... For a month or so, I feel. During one summer when I was a teenager, the old movie pick station, which showed like hits from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, were showing them. And so my Friday routine was, Friday was pizza night in my house. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one that was still at home. My brother and sister had fucked off. And 
And so I would come home, I'd get my own large pizza, basically to myself, and then I would sit in my basement and I would watch two Friday the 13th movies every Friday. And so I have a really fond memory, it's very nostalgic for me to go back to that time because it was cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool for a summertime pizza. Pizza on Friday the 13th, every Friday until it was done. And that's how I saw them all. I'd seen a couple of them before. Yeah. But... Um, I, this was where I really, I, I wanted to sit down and watch the entire franchise. It was, it was important to me to be able to say that I've seen every Friday the 13th movie for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like every Halloween or so stations would just play it. And I'm really good at the first, like one, two, and three, I feel mm-hmm. are distinct enough yeah. that I can remember them very well. And then... I remember five. I definitely remember five. But then I start screwing up with four. Like four. I, I kind of like, wait, what's the fourth one? And I'm like, oh, right, right, right. Then once it gets past like six, seven, and eight, even though I love Jason Takes Manhattan, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. still get kills, situations, and whatever the fucks all mixed up in those ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, wait, which one's the one where the girl has psychic powers? Wait, which one is the one where they, that girl gets her head smashed in the dance floor? Mm-hmm. And I start, like, fudging numbers. I'm like, wait, was that, was that six or was that seven? Wait, was that eight? And then nine, which doesn't exist to me. So I hate that movie. I hate Jason Goes to Hell. You hate it? I hate that movie. Wow. That's good to remember. So I guess we won't be doing Jason Goes to Hell. I, like... I watched it recently. Um, to make sure you hated it still? Well, I got the I got the box set on Blu-ray. Yeah. And it's a fucking awesome box set, by the way. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, it comes with all kinds of sweet-ass fucking goodies. And the movies look fantastic. I just love it. Mm-hmm. And so I got the box set, and I was like, I'm watching all of them. Yeah. I guess. So I watched all of them, and I got to ten... And holy fuck. You hate it. Not 10, sorry. Uh, nine. Eight. Oh. Nine. Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. I thought that was part eight. And Jesus Christ. I can't even. I can't even. It's so dumb. It's so fucking dumb. I can feel the dumb from here. Like. You're burning my skin with it. Like, oh, yeah. People, people are like, oh, well, we tried something different. Try something different. It was bad. You can mm-hmm. try something different if you want. Um, I'm not going to harp on you for that, but make it a good fucking idea. <laughs> make it a bad idea. Who wants to see? Who the fuck? Who the fuck wants to go and see a Friday the 13th movie without Jason Voorhees or any of the Voorhees clan doing the killing? Oh, yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see a bunch of randoms who I don't give a fuck about get possessed by Jason Voorhees which, by the way, you gave him the worst fucking Humpty Dumpty looking shabby makeup I've ever seen in any of these fucking movies. Then we're going to have him mindlessly walk through like a town and kill people while this bounty hunter, who we've never seen before, shows up and has all this fucking random information that has come from nowhere, that has been established by nothing. And what's Jason for? He's you. Oh, well, that's just like a little girl. That's not very threatening at all. And it's like, Jason, it's just meat. And 
his spirit. You gotta destroy his spirit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Who are you? Like, like and, and then, by the way, you die. You don't do anything. You know what you tell everybody? You tell everybody that there's a fucking ceremonial dagger that you have to use to kill him. But only, only a Voorhees can kill Jason Voorhees' spirit. By the way, he's got another relative. There was another fucking Voorhees kid. So, you know what it was? Honestly, it was fucking Paramount lost the rights at this point. And New, <laughs> and New Line did this. And so New Line was just like, let's try to like Freddy Kruegerize Jason Voorhees. Let's make it more magical. I mean, he's a zombie, so that's weird enough. But let's just, yeah, he needs a ceremonial dagger. And there'll be like lighting effects. And like... Like, oh, he just needs the body of, of Voorhees. So he goes into... So he dies at the start of this fucking movie. Then, at the end of the movie, a worm goes inside of a dead woman's body and then emerges the Jason Voorhees with the mask and pants and boots <laughs> and all this fucking shit. Like, okay, fine. If you want to tell me that somehow Jason Voorhees birthed out of this woman's body and he comes out... Because he's strong, so powerful, yes. Okay, fine. But he's wearing the clothes? <laughs> like, where did those come from? Like a ghost. You know when you see a ghost? You see a ghost of, like, a lady in the carriage house and she has a bonnet on? Same thing. No, it's bullshit. And then... Like, oh, and the fucking audacity. It's the audacity. It's the fucking audacity. And it's not like, like they, it's like, well, they made a Halloween season of The Witch and they didn't have Michael Myers in there. Oh, but they had a reason and excuse prefab. So yeah, that's was, fine. And, and you know what? That's a good movie. I like that movie. I don't fucking have a problem with it. It's, it has a plot. It's got a purpose. It's its own thing. Fine. It's an interesting film. I wish they would have just taken the Halloween part. Off of the title, but other than that, I sure, wish, but, yeah, but it's an okay what? film. <laughs> but you know, um, but like, so like they make this fucking shitty ass motherfucking Friday the Thirteenth Part Nine. Jason goes to hell. By the way, don't fucking think that that cool ass cover with like the worm going through it that looks all awesome. Don't get used to that idea because that's not in there. Like, um, and, and then like he gets like fucking like what like dragged down by demons in the end of the fucking movie. What the fuck is this? What is this fucking creature? Oh, so now he goes to hell. He goes to hell at the very end. Yeah. And then like, and, and like, oh, but not before that, Bounty Hunter, literally, this is what the Bounty Hunter does. He, like, he, like, while all this fucking death and mayhem is going on, he flies at Jason, and he's like, hello, Jason, remember me? He gets fucking murked, instantly killed. Remember me? From what? <laughs> You're not in any of the other movies. Why couldn't this have been, like, Corey Feldman's character from the other movies? Oh, that, yeah. That, that would be that, amazing. That would have been... That or crossed it over into Michael Myers' territory. Yeah. And, get, it's like, that, and, and again, that was the other thing. They were they were doing, like, this brother-sister family lineage. Yeah. They gave him an Very. Ahab to chase him. It was like, the bounty hunter was just a shitty Loomis. It was just like, yeah. so they were just combining all of these fucking elements. And the worst part, the fucking worst part, is like I watched the do- the, 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 the Memories of Crystal Lake uh, Blu-ray documentary. It was great, by the way. His name is Jason is a shitty documentary, but Crystal Lake Memories is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the audacity of the filmmakers. 
are just like, nope, 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 you're the one with the problems. We made it, and we were doing something different, and you guys just want the same old thing over and over again. Yeah, we do. Okay? In this <laughs> sense, we do. Or at least stick to one mythology. Yeah, stick yeah. to one mythology. And that was the worst thing. It's like They didn't even make up their own mythology. They just borrowed other movies' plots and tried to fucking put it into a blender. And, like, fucking, there you go. You take all these good things, put it into blender, pour it out, it looks like brown diarrhea, and that's, like, fucking, fucking what we're dealing with. Slurm. Slurm. It's fucking disgusting. Fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. It, by far, it's, like, one of, like, the worst horror films I've ever seen in my entire life. Purely on the fucking audacity of it. Wow. We need to watch Soul Tangler. I need to have a cigarette now. Because that was like the best rant over and above your Wes Craven thoughts. I know you love Friday the 13th films. I know that. But wow. I hate that movie. Yeah. You really do. Like, like, like I'll never watch it again. Like, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> That's how I felt about uh, Freddy vs. Jason. And I watched it again. I still don't like it, but it wasn't... It doesn't... I don't hate it. To, to me, like, Freddy, I just don't like, like it. Free with Freddy versus Jason, though. I watched it and I was like, eh, it's a monster mash movie. I mm. get it. Like mm. they, I they added some mythology that I, I was like, well, eh, like I, I wish this was better. Here's yeah, but you're thinking, you know what? You're suspending it in this, this installment entirely. Okay, yeah, we'll let it fly. Every everything that doesn't ring true in Freddy versus Jason, you're just like, you know what? It's okay. It's fun. I, we'll I, we'll see what they do with it. I, I honestly just was happy that they were doing a monster mash movie because it didn't it like in that time frame they did Alien versus Predator, mm-hmm. but they didn't make it R rated, and so that was really disappointing. Like the movie's all right, but it's just it could have been a lot better because mm-hmm. these were uh, these were amazing monster franchises. And then because of um, no wait, Freddy vs Jason came first. Freddy vs Jason comes and like it's hard R, and I dig I I like that it was hard R. I liked that. Um, both characters' mythologies were somewhat intact. I wish... Here's the thing. The thing with Jason and water, um, I feel as though it didn't have to necessarily be a fear because I don't buy that it's a fear, but I will buy that it's a weakness. Um, yeah. Um, and I I'll w- buy that he's entirely benign in the water. Yeah, because yeah. we've seen several times before that you bring Jason back to, the Chris- to Crystal Lake and... The, the angry, the, 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 the fucking zombie vengeance energies or whatever you want to call it goes away. Yeah. It, and, and I'm like, all right, I'll establish that. But I didn't really, like, you didn't really have to make Jason as sympathetic as he was in certain scenes. It was like, uh, it was great to see Robert England. I wish some of the lines were better. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wish that, that like, um, there was apparently a line where, uh, where, Freddy yells at Jason when they're doing like the big fight at Crystal Lake in the real world uh, where he called him mama's boy but they cut that line and, and said like and he's like hey asshole I was like oh but if you call him mama's boy I would have loved that yeah it's perfect it's perfect insult um, yeah I would have liked that I mean yeah like I think that like what that movie works for me because it was it was it was gory, it was a monster mash. We didn't get a lot of those in the modern era. It was almost unheard of because in the days of like 
licenses like it was it was rough to do and of all the takes they could have done it was probably the least offensive take i ever heard because i'd seen like like the development of that movie was a nightmare and no pun intended and and i think that what we got was the best honestly the best that we were going to get of that like i don't think that because of how much money and suits are involved in those two properties it really like like it was the best they could do see i didn't i the only thing i didn't like about that is the comedy and i just don't like comedy in my horror and you'd think that i would like something like bay of blood because there's not one drop of comedy in it very serious oh yeah we're far more serious than the first friday 13th even because you take like even the the sex romp aspect of it and the teenagers uh getting getting jiggy with it is that what they're doing are they getting jiggy no like getting jiggy is something different right years ago yeah yeah (laughs) is that what they were doing no like with the the teenagers um getting frisky and stuff it's not comical and it's not racy it's not really sexy at all it's kind of just presented it is what it is and there's no real comedy or titillation in any of it at all so it is really dry that way compared to like the first friday the 13th or the second one there's even more and then the, the, the tits ramp up on five the tits are ridiculous mm-hmm. they got a guy that did like a lot of uh Porn. softcore pornography yeah so it's just all boobs yeah yeah so we admit that it was boring here and there we admit the beginning was really boring the beginning is super boring it is a little convoluted if you're not that's the thing because the beginning is so boring to me Mm -hmm. and this might be just my problem i wasn't paying close enough attention to the characters so by the time the bodies start flying around i'm not exactly sure who is doing what i'm like wait who is that guy wait what's that guy doing yeah well there was a lot of that and then by the end of it, I was like, huh, I'm going to go to Wikipedia real quick to make sure I understand what I just watched. Remind me a lot of like Regency horror and Regency romance, where there is a lot of like intrigue and um, convoluted storylines and everyone's out to get one another and then everyone's stabbing one another in the back. There's always usurpers. Yeah. And that was the same sort of thread in this. So I, 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 it wasn't alien to me, but it's not interesting to me. Yeah. At all. Yeah, like I said, it's interesting. It's an interesting footnote in horror history. And I think it's important that more famous movies are definitely going to be in your face and a lot more obvious. But everyone's sort of influenced by somebody else. And this is one of those cases. I'm never going to shove this movie down someone's throat and be like, well, you know, this started this and that, whatever. I was like, no, 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 no. Each movie combined their elements the way that they combined their elements and then made their own thing. Um, but Bay of Blood definitely is significant in the sense that it was at least the kills, the foundation for a lot of what came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Completely. I haven't got much more to add. I'm sleepy. It helped me be sleepier. And on that note, I'm Wes Knight. 
And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air.